Radio Maria England now presents The Lent People, presented by Monsignor Tony Rogers. Hello, this is Tony Rogers, and you're listening to the Lenten People for Radio Maria England. It's the third episode in the series, and today we'll be looking at an unnamed Lenten person whose touching story is found in John's Gospel. She's the woman caught in the act of adultery. And the passage that we look at helps us not only focus on her, but on Jesus and on those who were ready to stone her to death. As usual, we'll begin with a prayer. God of power, God of mercy, you bring forth springs to the wasteland, into the wasteland, and you turn despair into hope. Look not upon the sins of our past, but lift us from hearts that struggle under failure, failures that weigh us down, that we may find refreshment and life in Christ, our liberator from sin, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, holy and mighty God for ever and ever. So today's gospel story is uplifting in every sense of the word. It just does us good to see how good our God is. The woman who had been caught in the act of adultery, there she was standing in the middle acutely embarrassed, resigned to her fate, but clearly terrified of what was about to happen. The scribes and the Pharisees had seen her committing adultery. It was as if she'd been caught on CCTV. The evidence was there. There was no question of a not guilty plea. But as if to make matters worse, they brought her in front of Jesus before they carried out the sentence. At one level, we could say that these upright characters were only doing what was required by the law of Moses. It wasn't in itself a personal vendetta, because anyone in her position caught in this way would have been stoned to death, be they male or female. But the deviousness of the scribes and Pharisees lay in the fact that they wanted to trap Jesus into giving an answer that would ensnare him one way or another. Go against Moses and he'd be in trouble, go along with the punishment and he'd lose his reputation for being a man of mercy. So this, I think, is the point at which we should hear the story as it's told in the eighth chapter of John's Gospel. While Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who'd been caught in adultery and making her stand before all of them. They said to him, teacher, this woman was caught in the very act of committing adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what have you got to say? 
they said this to test him so that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and he wrote with his finger on the ground. And when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and he said to them, let anyone among you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. And once again he bent down and wrote on the ground. And when they heard it, they went away, one by one, beginning with the elders. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. He straightened up and he said to her, Woman, where are they? Hasn't anybody condemned you? And she said, No one, sir. And Jesus said, Well, neither do I condemn you. So go your way, and from now on, do not sin again. So just a reminder, I'm Tony Rogers and I'm presenting The Lent People and you're listening to Radio Maria England. So back to our reflection on this passage. It seems that Jesus was caught between a rock and a hard place. Either way, the scribes and Pharisees hoped he couldn't win. So we're told that he wrote in the sand, I'm sure, rather than writing, he was doodling. He was playing for time. Somebody once said that no doodle in the whole of history has ever been so effective. He carried on doodling, or drawing in the sand with his finger, and the scribes and the Pharisees began to lose patience because he'd not answered their question. And so they repeated it, and he said, not answering their question, he said, if there's one of you who hasn't sinned, let that person be the first to throw a stone at her. Notice that he didn't say, if any of one of you has never committed adultery, then go ahead and stone her. It was sin in general that was his response to them. Wouldn't you love to have been there to see the jaws dropping, to see the deflated looks on their faces when the ball was thrown firmly back into their court? All they could do was walk away, one by one. So there were only two left, Jesus and the woman. Misery and mercy side by side, was the way St Augustine described it. Neither do I condemn you. Now go away and don't sin any more. He hadn't mentioned adultery to the scribes and Pharisees, and he didn't mention it to her. It's a lovely story because it's about the compassion and the forgiveness of Christ. He neither condoned her behaviour, nor did he condemn her, for what she'd done. What mattered to Jesus and to her 
was not her past, but her future. This was the fresh start, the point at which she could walk away with a new spring in her step. I'm sure that that woman never forgot him, at least I hope that she didn't forget him, because she'd met infinite mercy in the flesh. And what matters in this story is that you and I are being told to keep the stones in our pockets. The scribes and the Pharisees may have slunk away in embarrassment that day, but they sure bounced back to continue their attempts to catch him out. Now, there's a touch of the Pharisee in all of us. We can so easily point the accusing finger at other people when we've plenty to answer for ourselves. Jesus called their bluff on this occasion and his response was decisive, but not complete, because by those words to them, it didn't render the species extinct. But it's not just about the stones that we have ready to hurl that emerge from this passage. I think that there might be two further dangers for us to be aware of today. And the first is the danger of complacency about sin. We can kid ourselves that Jesus didn't really make much of the woman's sin, but he did. Although he didn't use the word adultery, his words were short and sweet and to the point. Go now and sin no more. He forgave sin, but he didn't justify it. He gave her back her dignity, but he issued no license for her to continue her practice and behaviour. Because Christ's mercy envelops us in love, our response needs to be an honesty that acknowledges our shortcomings. She was challenged to turn away from sin, and that's precisely what Lent is about. The second danger for us is that it's a lovely story to tell, but we must make sure that we don't turn it into a story about someone else with no implications for ourselves. We're delighted that she had the opportunity to repent, but we might not be so keen to take up the challenge ourselves. We may not have met Jesus in Jerusalem, but we meet him on other occasions, whenever we celebrate the sacrament of reconciliation, whenever we say before communion, Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you, but only say the word and my soul shall be healed. A famous theologian from Germany in the last century, Karl Rahner, said these words, to recognise that you are a sinner and that you stand in need of God's mercy is a basic and fundamental attitude for a Christian. If you haven't got that attitude, you're not truly a Christian at all. We all need mercy and we all receive mercy. And the acceptance of that with humility and joy is what the sacrament of reconciliation is all about. Now, lots of you may love the hymn Amazing Grace. It was written by an evangelical preacher called John Newton. 
John Newton said something very wise so well. In his old age, he knew he was losing his memory. And he said, my memory is nearly gone, but I remember two things, that I was a great sinner and that Christ is a great saviour. So though Lenten penitential services are not going to be part and parcel of parish life this year, it's perhaps worth remembering a notice in a parish newsletter advertising a penitential rite. It said quite simply, if you don't have any sins, then bring a friend who does. Most of us are fairly good, but I doubt if any of us would ever need to bring a friend along. So now let us pray for the grace of repentance and true sorrow in our hearts, that the stones in our pocket may stay there, that we may recognise our identity with scribes and Pharisees, as well as with the woman and with Christ, that we may continue to find in God's word much nourishment for our journey of faith. And we conclude by saying, Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Oh, and so until we meet next week, goodbye, and God bless. Thank you for joining Monsignor Tony Rogers with the Lent People. This show will be broadcast on Tuesday at 12.30am and 8pm, Wednesday at 5.30am and 2pm, and again on Thursday at 4pm, and on Saturday at 9.30pm. To hear this as a podcast, please visit www.radiomariaengland.uk and you'll find this and many other shows of ours and many other Radio Maria England programs under our Programs tab. Thank you for joining Radio Maria England.